Welcome back to Thinking It Through. I'm your host, Craig Jarvis, and this is a podcast put out by Village Church East on a variety of topics dealing with our ever-changing culture. (laughs) It's always hard to keep up with culture. I don't know if you feel the same way I do, but uh, it is interesting to see it develop. I remember reading an article a long time ago that stayed with me. Uh, It was an interview done by this newspaper with some Jewish rabbis on the anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz, the concentration camp in Germany under the Nazi regime. The interview for this article went a little weird kind of direction, so I clipped it, and it's always stayed with me. It's uh, interviewing for this article, these rabbis, and I was amazed by something they said. Maybe Maybe the impact made me put it away in my files. I can just remember the way that the article ended up. The rabbi simply said, we will never forget, we will never forgive. It was shocking to read that kind of language from a leader of a religious sect, but I could kind of understand his own family had been ripped apart by the SS. The Nazi horror had ripped into his own life, impacted his own community. His community would never be the same. I'm amazed to see this kind of reaction, however, growing more in the communities in our present culture. It seems more and more acceptable to say forgiveness should not be offered for offenses. Sometimes the offense is not necessarily ripping families apart by a, by a group and sending them into torture camps like they, the Nazis were doing, but sometimes the offense these days could just be an action of offense. It could be a word of, it could be a, could be a thought that offended somebody. It could be just being affiliated with a group that offends another group of people. Most recently, Ellie Kemper, she's an actor from The Office, the show that used to be very popular on TV and still kind of is if you're a Netflix kind of person, but she attended a ball back in St. Louis when she was in her teens as a young teenager and she was crowned queen of the ball, 1999. That was a long time ago. Right now, the media grabbed a hold of that and has labeled her a part of the KKK. This group actually has no affiliation at all with the KKK. Simply until the 1970s, they were banning African Americans and American Jews from participating in the ball. So Ellie has tried to explain what the ball was and how it had no affiliation with the KKK at all, but no dice. She attended over 20 years ago, and she unfortunately had her picture taken there. And for some group of people that doesn't like her for some reason, they found the pictures and they decided they were going to take her down. And the media has made it their job to do so. She, is, she has since then apologized incredibly, but some will simply never forgive. So why does this culture hold on to unforgiveness? More than that, why is holding on to unforgiveness turning into a value, even a virtue for the culture in which we live? So I started thinking about, okay, what is forgiveness? Is it really still important for us today? I know God forgives us. I know we're supposed to forgive one another, but I want to dig into that just a little bit more. And I can remember when I was younger, I I would get into trouble with my siblings and my parents would always say, say you're sorry. And I would say, I'm sorry, so I could get the ice cream or whatever followed. But was that really forgiveness? So I wanted to call somebody today that was in the middle of those child-rearing, those child-growing years, and decided to call someone today who's going through those years right now with three wonderful little children. So for the first time on Thinking It Through, we are having a co-host. His name is Christopher Patterson, and he is an amazing dad, an amazing servant for the Lord. And uh, I've just called him on the phone. Christopher, are you there? Yes, I am, Craig. Thank you so much for having me on Thinking It Through with you. Well, it's great to have you on. You are officially making history. You are our first co-host on Thinking It Through, so so do a good job, okay? 
<laughs> I will I will do my best, Lord willing. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. Christopher, we are thinking through forgiveness this morning. You have three children who have regularly offended each other, maybe even you and your wonderful wife, Megan. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to remember, like when I was a kid and and going through the, uh, you know, my parents teaching me through the say you're sorry process. And I'm sure you're working through that with your kids right now. So you're like knee deep in the middle of this whole forgiveness thing. So I want to ask you a few questions this morning so you can help us understand what does real forgiveness look like? So Christopher, what does it mean to forgive? Yeah. So one of the first things we have to talk about with, with forgiveness is before we can even go in and uh, forgive the offense, we have to first name what that offense is. Just saying, I'm sorry. Like that's, that's something I grew up saying too. Like my, my parents like had to say sorry and the response was, Oh, it's okay. Looking back on that, that's not really forgiveness. Like forgiveness is you have to state what the offense was. Say our, our oldest son punches the middle daughter. I'm sure that never happens. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> happens every single day. <laughs> every every single day at oh, least no. at least once. He'll he'll get frustrated with her and his response is because I'm frustrated, I'm gonna use my body and I'm going to hurt you because you frustrated. And so what we have him do is say, No, you need to go to your sister and say, I am sorry for hitting you. It's not enough just to say, I'm sorry or to say like I'm sorry you're upset about this. He has to specifically say, I'm sorry for hitting. And then her response is then to be listening while he's saying that because she needs to be attentive to him actually starting that forgiveness process and and expressing his remorse. And then she can say, I forgive you. And it's it's true the other way around too. She'll she'll get annoyed with him and she'll hit him. And so we have to have her say, like, no, go to your brother and say, I'm sorry for hitting. So it's 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 this process. Because in order for forgiveness to truly occur, the offense needs to be explicitly named. Okay, so for those of us that don't have WWF going on in our living rooms, what does it mean for us to forgive one another? You know, I don't often haul off and hit somebody. So what does it mean for me to forgive somebody else? Yeah, so the the forgiveness process, we we start really, there's a few like key aspects of it. So the first thing in, in your heart, when someone has offended you in your heart, you have to release that wrong. You can't keep holding that against them, staying embittered against them. After you have released that offense, the offender then needs to come to you and say, Hey, I'm, I'm truly sorry. I am remorseful for what I have done to you. I'm remorseful for my offense. And once that, remorse has taken place in the offender, then the person who has been offended can then forgive that offense. So how does that work out? Like God tells us to forgive one another. Obviously it's a, it's a high value for him that we would make it a process in our lives to continually offer forgiveness to one another. Why is that benefit? I mean, how does that benefit me? I, I would rather hold a grudge. How does it benefit me to, I mean, with your kids, you force them to do that, right? Why do you do that? Why not just say, Hey, you hit her. She deserved it. Let's move on to the next thing. Why is it so important that we go through the whole process? Yeah. So the forgiveness process is so key because the, the end goal of forgiveness is reconciliation and that's restoring that relationship to what it was before the effect. But a, a, a major part of why the person 
who has been offended needs to start with releasing that offense because if that doesn't happen, bitterness seeps in and resentment comes into our heart. And if I hold on to the offense that's been done to me, whatever it is, whether it's an unkind word or somebody cuts me off in traffic, whatever the offense is, if I hold on to that in my heart, my heart gets embittered and it, it just starts this vicious cycle where this caustic bitterness is in my heart and that, that leads into everything else. So if, if I have something that annoys me at work and I come back home and I'm still holding on to that in my heart, mm. I'm then vomiting that bitterness onto my family and I'm just doing more harm to my children and my wife because I've got this bitterness in my heart that's just destroying who I am as a, as a person. That's so good. I've, I've heard it said that bitterness is the only toxin that eats through its own vial. And that's kind of what you're explaining. It's like if we've been hurt and we hang on to the bitterness and uh, we hang on to the fact that unforgiveness is a virtue, uh, it will affect who we are in all of our different relationships. It won't just continually affect that relationship, which obviously it will, but it'll bleed over into the rest of our relationships as well. Yeah, exactly. If, if we if we just hold on to that unforgiveness and, and hold down tight onto it, it, it destroys everything. So hanging on loosely to our offenses is what the Lord is maybe directing us to when he says, forgive one another as I have forgiven you. This, this process, this forgiveness process is something that must begin in our own hearts then. So forgiveness is not waiting for the other person to come back and talk to us. Forgiveness is like you're saying, forgiveness starts with us with the ability to, with the, with the willingness really to allow our hearts to offer forgiveness even before somebody asks for forgiveness. And, you know, I got to tell you, that's brilliant. This is, I think, one of the ways that Satan is attacking our culture. Uh, I think Satan wants people to stay angry because if people stay angry, they'll never open themselves up to God's grace, which is so obviously open to each person. But if people can stay angry for offenses that have been done to them or perceived offenses that have been done to them, they'll never take the time to sit back and say, yeah, God is good to me. And they'll never receive God's grace because they are just angry. Yeah, as, as you were saying, it, it all boils down to, to God's grace. It, it, first, because God has given us grace in forgiving us our sins. We are expected to then offer that same grace to those who offend us. Okay, so here's here's the situation, Christopher. If, if, if I'm in a situation where I desperately want to offer forgiveness, and I'm trying to do that, but the person who has offended me refuses to admit fault. How do I still forgive them? Yeah, so the full forgiveness process requires the offender to admit that they have done wrong and to be remorseful and to want to correct that. In the, in the situation where you're actually being abused, you need to remove yourself from that situation. Because to say like, oh, you, because God expects you to forgive, just stay in that abusive relationship. No, like if, if actual abuse is occurring, you need to remove yourself from that situation. Now, so I need to stop you there real quick and just uh, ask for clarification. Our world is, is perceiving abuse to be all kinds of different things. So when you say if, if there's real abuse going on, what, what, how do you qualify that? And that's, that's one of the things that's hard to cement what is, what is real abuse. And I think for me, that real abuse is really if 
staying in that situation, staying in that relationship is going to cause mental, physical, or spiritual harm. That is then abuse. I think that's good. And I would add to that. There's, there's always resources and it's not always just a black and white situation. Like I'm going to stay in because God wants me to stay in and I'm going to keep working at this relationship, even though uh, I'm not quite sure that it's abuse to the level I need to break the relationship apart. So uh, I think, I think we have a tendency to think black and white, it's yes or no, but there's a lot of steps in between. Like go to somebody that you count on. That's not emotionally charged in that situation. Somebody who is a free thinker, somebody who is a biblical thinker, like a, a pastor or somebody that knows scripture and, and go to them with, with humility and say, okay, I'm in this situation, explain your situation and just ask for suggestions, ask for some help from them, some counsel. It's amazing how many people the Lord puts into our lives that help us work through scenarios because when you're in the middle of a situation, it's very difficult to think clearly. You think you're thinking clearly, but so many times your emotions have a tendency to kind of lead the way. So I would say uh, before you make any drastic decision, uh, make sure that you do some some proper and adequate counseling uh, before you make a drastic decision. Would you agree with that, Chris? Absolutely, yeah. It, seeking counsel is always a, a great idea because it, as you were saying, somebody who is outside of it can, can see the situation in through a different light. Mm. And so by, by having that different perspective, you can have somebody be like, no, this is, this is actually abuse and you need to, you need to get to somewhere safe for you. Or they can say it, it might not be fully abuse, but it's definitely not light. And so we need to step in and start working on correcting the situation right 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 so like i've often used a situation like i lend somebody my car they go out they they beat the tar out of my car they bring it back and and they say hey i'm sorry for beating the tar out of your car for just not taking care of it and uh so anyway it's all damaged i had a tow truck bring it home but uh i see you have another car can i borrow your other car <laughs> so so there there's there's a point in which we're not saying and i, I know that the lord's not saying and just keep getting abused in every situation i'd be a fool to give that person the keys to my other car you want to make sure that you are being faithful with the with the life that god has given to you and the resources that god has given to you and the kids that god has given to you to, to protect and love but at the same time uh, like we like we're saying it may not always be a black and white situation counsel goes a long way because it like christopher said it's outside of our situation and might help us get a clearer view of what's actually happening. So Christopher, my, my challenge in this is I'm, I'm always thinking like, I hear people say, Craig, you need to forgive everybody. And sometimes we go to church and we hear the same thing. We should forgive everybody. Is that true? Does God forgive everybody? Yeah. So God has offered forgiveness to every single person through Jesus Christ's death on the cross. But that forgiveness is not always accepted. And so as far as it depends on you in whatever situation you're in, you need to offer and extend forgiveness. That's starting with that releasing of the effect. But it's up to God to change the other person's heart to bring them to that place of remorse over the effect. I like Ephesians 4.32, and um, I mentioned this to you as we were talking through this. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. So our attitude, in other words, should mirror the forgiveness, the heart, the tenderness, the kindness of God toward others. It should be on the same level, which 
obviously it'll it'll never be but that's the that's the what we trend toward what we're moving toward what our journey is taking us to so we look more like jesus christ so as far as it depends on us like you said we offer forgiveness as god offers it to us but it's not always accepted by others and and it's interesting to point out that god offers forgiveness to others but it's not always accepted by others and because of that there is a judgment day someday right yeah exactly if if we don't accept that uh, that offer of forgiveness from god through jesus christ by by believing in him and, and putting our hope and our trust and our faith in him at the at the end of the day when when christ returns that that forgiveness isn't actually a part of our life because yeah. we have we have rejected that forgiveness right which is yeah which is why some will be excited when jesus returns and some will not be some will be afraid i think that's an amazing idea though that god created a path to offer us forgiveness and and the path he created was like this ultimate sacrifice he gave us his own son he literally got hung on a cross so that we could have a pathway to, to know forgiveness so that we could lay our heads on our pillows at night and know that we've been forgiven if we choose to receive it. And so when we give forgiveness to others, that's really the pattern we need to follow. We create every opportunity to offer forgiveness to other people. And in doing so, we mirror the heart of God. We we don't hold grudges. We we offer forgiveness with hands open. We, we're, we're willing to forgive. And, and when somebody asks for it, we offer it freely. I think that's an amazing virtue of God that we try to mirror in our own hearts. Okay, final question, Chris. Isn't it true, though, if we offer forgiveness, if somebody were to come to me and say, Craig, okay, I'm going to offer forgiveness, but I'm just going to get hurt again. What do I What do I tell that person? Yeah, so it, again, it all goes back to grace. Because we have received grace from God in, a, in, a, in that vertical relationship with God, we then extend that same grace horizontally to, to the people around us who offend. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes from a spiritual strength from God. My own heart is not strong enough to immediately forgive and release offenses to me. I, I'm just not capable of doing that on my own. I need God to change my heart to help me through that forgiveness process. And un- unfortunately, just the nature of this world being broken and marred by sin you are going to get hurt again. It's going to happen at some point. But if we allow this fear of being hurt again to prevent us from offering forgiveness, we'll never really know what a healthy relationship looks like Mm. with anyone. And we'll, we'll never really know what true forgiveness and true reconciliation looks like. And we'll just keep holding on to bitterness and have that, destroy every relationship we have yeah the caustic value of unforgiveness is being demonstrated in our world today on a regular basis and we can see it all around us you know there are angry people everywhere and by not being people who who offer grace like you're saying anger quickly fills that void and it's it's no wonder we are we are seeing a rise of anger um, and a, a, a lowering of grace. That's so unfortunate in our culture today. So we want to create a culture that is countercultural uh, for our folks. So Christopher, would you agree with this? Grace is offered to everyone, true or false? Absolutely. It is offered to everyone. And God's grace, because we have received grace from God, it drives God to offer forgiveness. And because God 
is offering forgiveness to everyone, our hearts need to mirror that and offer forgiveness toward others as well. Yeah, and the value is it'll help you as much as it helps them. So let's be like Jesus. So that brings us back to the original question, Chris. Why do we need to forgive? So we need to forgive because God's grace is experienced radically through his forgiveness. So because God has so graciously and abundantly forgiven us our sins, it's it's first it's up to us to receive that grace through his forgiveness and then extend that same grace and forgiveness to those who affect us. That is some amazing uh, wisdom that you have helped us with this morning. Uh, any parting words that you would add to that? I think that's pretty good, but do you want to add anything to that? It's all about God's grace. Every Everything in our lives that we experience, it all boils down to ultimately God's grace. I love it. Offer forgiveness with an open and extended hand. Not everybody will receive it, but the person it will bless most is you because you'll look a lot more like Jesus Christ. Congratulations, Christopher. You have been our first co-host on the podcast. It's been great having you on today. Thank you for joining us. And for all of our listeners, I hope you'll join us next time when we spend a little bit more time, a few more moments together thinking it through. It's been a pleasure. See you next time.